Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening from wherever you're listening. I'm Emma Holtz, back with episode four of the All She Wrote podcast. And today I'm breaking down one of my favorite events on the NFL calendar. In my opinion, it's extremely underrated. It's the NFL Draft. It just finished up this weekend. It was in Kansas City this year. It was a major event uh, when I had gone out to Arizona through Com Radio to actually see the Super Bowl and to cover the Super Bowl for the station. The draft actually had its own station in the fan experience area where they were showing up all the showing off all the new mock-ups of what the draft would look like in Kansas City and I can't honestly believe that it's over and done already because there was so much prep and so much coverage leading up to the draft but this particular class was extremely quarterback heavy I mean we had Bryce Young who was the quarterback out of Alabama going to the Panthers. And then the Tennessee Titans had actually traded up to get Will Levis, who was one of the major players at the quarterback position who was supposed to go first round but ended up going in the second. So it was a very quarterback-heavy year. And I think that's also what we typically see. I know there's a lot of hype surrounding quarterbacks because obviously they're they're the ones that are making these plays happen they're the ringleaders in the huddle so there's actually so much pressure on these teams to actually pick a quarterback that fits their scheme and fits how they envision their offense to actually grow so there's much more that goes into that decision making in those war rooms quote unquote where the front office for these teams are discussing which prospect is are they actually going to see the most potential whether they are trying to fit more short term or trying to evolve their offense in a more long term scheme I think that is so much a part of how they think But the one position that I really think doesn't get enough love, or positions I should say, is the offensive linemen because they are the protectors of the quarterback. They're making sure that the quarterback has enough time to be able to let this play unfold that he is called. So the offensive linemen, we had seen quite a few go in the first round of the NFL draft this year. And one lineman in particular I want to break down a little bit more is Broderick Jones, who was drafted in the first round, pick 14 from the Pittsburgh Steelers, who had actually traded up to get him in a trade with the New England Patriots. And as my readers well know, and now you guys, I am a huge Pittsburgh fan, grew up in Pittsburgh, uh, born and raised. So, of course, he's someone I'm going to be looking forward to seeing develop under the Steelers organization. This is the first time that the Steelers have drafted an offensive lineman in the first two rounds of the draft since 2012. So typically in the last couple of years, the Steelers have gone for more offensive picks because with the transition of Ben Roethlisberger as the veteran quarterback now with the introduction of Kenny Pickett, who was drafted, you know, it's time that they've now bolstered that offense. And now it's time to make some investments into the picket fence. It is now endearingly called for Kenny Pickett, the offensive line being called the picket fence. One of my favorite isms to come out of this draft. It was the first time I had heard it the other day when I was getting ready for the draft show. And I just remember seeing it, you know, on social media and it was just fantastic. I think it's very well, well played for sure. But Jones in particular, he's 6'5", 311 pounds. I mean, a great 
raw athletic player who I think would really fit with the Steelers' offensive line well. It's time that that offensive line gets a little bit more love, I think, and the Steelers can really utilize him to the best of their advantage. Especially with this picket fence, you really want to be able to let Kenny Pickett develop a little bit more, be able to have a little bit more time, and I think that was one of the hardest things that the Steelers had struggled with last season was that offensive line would collapse within a few seconds of the snap and it wouldn't give Pickett or any of his weapons time to really let a play develop. So I'm very happy with this Steelers pick. And typically the Steelers don't trade up. That was also something that surprised me. They had actually traded up. They had pick 17. They then moved to 14. And that was something that actually intrigued me was that they normally don't do that. In years past, the Steelers have really been comfortable where their picks usually lie and I think this is also a testament to the new GM of the Steelers, Omar Khan. He was very aggressive in getting these picks and getting them quickly and also being able to have a little bit more of a bold mindset when it comes to getting players in the draft and utilizing that event to the Steelers' greatest advantage. To that point, the Steelers had drafted Joey Porter Jr., who's actually a legacy cornerback. His father, Joey Porter Sr., had played with the Steelers, was a star on the squad. I actually remember watching Joey Porter growing up. I think he was a great player. I remember you know, the Steelers had rallied around him as a fan base, and he was a great player. And now seeing his son step into the step into a role in the Steel City, I'm sure is it's poetic. Honestly, it's poetic for the city, it's poetic for the fan base, of course. But he was drafted at number 32 in the second round. He had actually fallen out of the first round. I was very surprised when I was watching the draft that Joey Porter didn't go sooner. Um because he had some great accolades at Penn State. He was the team's most valuable defensive player. He had 27 tackles, 11 pass breakups in 10 starts, and he even missed two late season games with appendicitis, and he had actually opted out of the Rose Bowl when the Nittany Lions had faced Utah this past January. So Joey Porter he, Jr., he's had a stellar career in the blue and white, so now seeing him come into his own now in the Steel City and the place where his father had played. I think it's a great storyline, no less, but also it's a great decision by Khan and the Steelers front office because Joey Porter had honestly just fallen into the Steelers lap. I think it was the most perfect scenario and I'm sure no one really had expected him to fall to the second round. Um, Now, granted, the Steelers had a very, very early pick in the second round. So, they found that opportunity, and I think it also showed their patience to wait on Joey Porter because a lot of analysts and articles that I had read said that Joey Porter was going to the Steelers in pick 17, which was their original pick before they had traded up. So it's really a testament to Khan in the front office for being a little bit more patient with it and prioritizing the offensive line over the cornerback position. So kudos to the Steelers guys. You had you had a great draft this year and in addition to other positions that the Steelers the Steelers had drafted, I think it's a great overall draft class that's coming into Pittsburgh and in general, I think a lot of these teams had really taken this draft more seriously and had a little bit more intensity behind 
their picks than I had realized in past years. And I think even though this was more the traditional year of having quarterbacks go early, it's important to understand that the draft evolves from year to year. Obviously, teams grow and evolve and have different needs. But I believe that all of these teams, I mean, the Texans, for one, were very bold in their choice to go and have two picks in the second round and trade up. And it shows, too, that there's a mindset that all of these teams now, the records are wiped clean. Last year's over and in the record books. I think now the draft is where you can really start to see these teams either, you know, wake up and figure out what they actually need to get done or you start to see that they're relying more on trades and free agency. And it's really interesting to kind of see the different nuances between the teams because some will rely on free agency and not be as aggressive with their picks. Obviously, they will go with the best picks possible during their turns. But with the draft in particular, I think it's just so interesting because you get to break down all of these prospects that now get to develop into an NFL caliber player. And it's just, I love the draft. I I could talk on and on about the draft, but it's just such a fun event too because you also get to see the fans get into it. You get to see the different teams and players come back to announce. I know the late uh, Franco Harris had actually come out to announce Kenny Pickett when he was drafted. That's a moment that I will probably never forget, especially now that Franco has passed. But it's such a fun, engaging event because it brings together players old and new, and it also shows the new generation coming in and the next generation of players getting to wear the uniform. And it's just endearing, and it really shows how deeply rooted the NFL is. All right, that'll do it for me today in episode four. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back soon with some more interesting, fun sports and lifestyle topics I want to share with you all. But until then, have a great night.